0: only having eyes for God. We've been traveling through uh, Acts. It's It's a wonderful account of our history, the history of those that are following Jesus. And as we've come into this story, we're in Acts chapter 7, and there's this tension. I mean, it's really tension. It's tight. I mean, there is a struggle going on. And... It's really an understanding of sunrise and surprises. So that's why I thought of Nora's song. And, and as, we go, as we kind of read through the story, Stephen and the Sadducees just have a difference of opinion about a new dawn. Something of God has dawned. A new day has come. And the Sadducees are not seeing it. And, and Stephen is saying... God has surprised us. God is, God is fulfilling the promises that he made throughout the history of the old covenant. And he's fulfilling those surprises now and the Sadducees saying, we don't get it. And we don't like surprises. We like order. We don't like surprises. And so if you could just kind of think in those terms, a new day has dawned. God is surprising All of humanity, by fulfilling ancient promises, Stephen and those that are following Jesus, they're all Jews. Uh, Most of them are practicing Jews, following Jesus. And they're just saying, but we see a new day. And we see a surprise. And we see Jesus. And the Sadducees are saying, we don't see it, and we don't like it, and we don't agree about who Jesus is. So as we've gone through this story, what Stephen is doing, he's proclaiming the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord for Stephen, these are just some quotes to remind you, the word of the Lord is the word of Jesus. Stephen and the rest of the apostles, those that are following Jesus in Jerusalem, they're really only talking about one thing. They're talking about Jesus. And Jesus is the fulfillment of everything that we've known. This whole story that we've, we've learned all of our lives, this history of the nation of Israel, it's, it's all about Jesus. And Jesus is the, is the dawn. Jesus is the surprise. Jesus is, is the story. See, what they're really disagreeing upon is, is just how does this story being played out. And as, as Stephen is telling the story, he is really shaking some of the foundations of the religion of Judaism. Not the revelation that God gave, but really what God gave becoming what man makes it. And, and so when we have this tension and Stephen's telling the story of Jesus, then the Sadducees, the religious, I mean, they're really threatened. Like they say things, well, he's saying, Stephen's saying, Stephen, sang, Stephen they're, they're saying that they're going to tear down this temple. And actually, Jesus did say that. As he looked at the temple in Jerusalem, he said, that, that building, that temple, which is rich, I mean, it's rich in history, it's got it's got history, But that thing's coming down. But that's not all he said. He said, It's coming down, and I will rebuild something in three days. It's going to be a new temple. And really, what he's trying to communicate is if that temple stays, you're going to miss out on something bigger and better, not just for the Jew, but for the Gentile, for everybody. So that place is going to be a stumbling block. If it stays, you're going to stumble. And you're gonna miss out so really what Jesus what the Apostles what Stephen they're really they're, they're communicating a blessing and the religious are hearing it as a threat oh don't mess with our building and then it's the same with the Torah the old covenant this man is saying that Jesus would throw out all the customs of Moses Well, no, that's really not quite what Jesus said. What Jesus said was what Moses began to communicate is now going to be fulfilled. The old is going to find fulfillment in the new. Again, he's saying there is something bigger and better than the Old Testament. And it's the fulfillment. See, they all agree on the story. They don't agree on the climax of the story. So as Stephen goes through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the twelve sons, the history of Israel, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, I mean, they're—they're—I they're, mean, this, yeah, that's our story, that's our story. But the climax is not where the Sadducees or the religious were. It's not the Torah, the Old Testament, plus the temple, plus the nation plus the land equals israel's story israel's story is not the climax it's a part i mean it's an important part of the story but it's that, that's not where that's not where humanity's going the climax is jesus torah and temple and nation and land, they all lead to, in Stephen's word, the coming of the just one. That's the coming of Messiah. That's the coming of Jesus. These, these important points in the history of humanity connecting with God are leading towards Jesus. And that's where the difference, that's where the difference of opinion is. And so it comes away, it comes across this way. Look at Acts 7, verse 48 to 56. I'm going to catch, and we're going to start where we were last week and just kind of come into it. Stephen has just told the whole history. But again, he's he's moving those listening to him towards a different conclusion to that story. That doesn't mean, when when you read our history. That doesn't mean that Most High God lives in a building made by carpenters and masons. He's saying this temple is not where God lives. I mean, even Isaiah said it. God speaking, heaven. Heaven is my throne room. Really, the universe is my throne room. I rest my feet on earth. (laughs) So if the universe is one room in my house and the earth is a piece of furniture, like a a small piece of furniture, an ottoman that I rest my feet on, so what kind of house are you going to build for me, God says. You, You see it? Can you see it? I mean, God, I mean, it's kind of saying like it like have to be a really big house. Matter of fact, it's not going to fit on the ottoman. So there's not going to be house, a house on the earth that can be my house. I've already built my house. I don't need humanity to build my house. And that got Stephen rolling. Ooh, hold on. And you, you religious people, you religious know-it-alls, you self-righteous son of a guns, you continue so bullheaded, calluses on your hearts, flaps on your ears, deliberately ignoring the Holy Spirit. You're just like your ancestors. It's like your mother, just like your father. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Was there ever a prophet who didn't get the same treatment? Your ancestors killed anyone who dared talk about the coming of the just one. And you've kept up the family tradition. Traitors, murderers, all of you. You had God's law handed to you by angels, gift-wrapped, and you squandered it whoo, Stephen, whoa, man, you're not making friends with that. But notice, at that point, the religious leaders, the Sadducees, the priests, the self-righteous people, they went wild. A rioting mob of catcalls and whistles, invective, curses, And yet Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, hardly noticed. He only had eyes for God. Whom he saw in in all of God's glory with Jesus sitting at his side. And Stephen said, oh, I see heaven open wide and the Son of Man standing at God's side. As we read this account, this history, you know, I do th- I think there is a strong, strong warning. This isn't, this isn't, this isn't God down on Jews. We should never interpret that that God would ever be down on a, on a race of people. God's not down on Jews. I mean, everybody that's following Jesus so far in this story has been a Jew. So God's not, God's not down on Jews. We should never be down on Jews. But what God does come down hard on is people that buy into dead-end religion. Tragically, in the history of, of Israel, they, they receive, as, as Stephen, I mean, you received... Even through like the, the ministry of angels, there's this supernatural invitation from the living God to you. And, and here you go. Here's, here's a just law. Here's a covenant. Here's agreement. I want you to live in a relationship with me. And so that, that's the start. But then when you get into Jesus' day, it, it's not that anymore. Even Jesus said, you've, all, you've forgotten You've forgotten the covenant. All all your faith now is wrapped around the tradition of the elders. So what you have done, you've taken revelation from God, an invitation to live in a relationship with God, and you have twisted and perverted that into a man-made religion, and you've put my stamp of approval on it. And God says, that's what God gets upset about. And that can happen in any religion on the planet. Wherever there's been revelation, we we take it and we we twist it. So this is you know, beware, watch out. Because I mean, these guys are in really bad shape. They're stubborn. I mean, they're stuck in their religion. I mean, the, the sun has dawned. A new day has come. Messiah, who they're hoping has come, and they don't even see it, they don't recognize it. That's, that's stubborn. They're literally, and this would have been so offensive, it may be even offensive to you. Literally, you're uncircumcised of heart and ear. I mean, There is foreskin over your heart and over your ears. You know, you may be circumcised... On the body part that Abraham said be circumcised on, so you, you may have that covenantal sign, but it isn't in your heart, and it's not on you. That would have been so offensive. So your heart is covered. You're you're not hearing. You oppose the Holy Spirit. Well, I mean, again, put it in the context. Pentecost has come. The Spirit of the Lord has been poured out on all flesh. I mean, they're they're witnessing what's happening in their city, and they'd are say, no. We, we're No, no. Refuse to believe a new day. Opposition to the Holy Spirit. And then this whole history of God sending the prophets with the promises. And every prophet was... Persecuted by the religious. And not only person, but anyone that came, anyone that came announcing the coming of the just one. That's Jesus. That's the Messiah. You murdered them. Murders, murderers, traitors. I mean, this is like over the top. You say that the law of God is everything, and yet you don't follow it. So see, the re- religious people can get in a really bad place and really miss out on the, on the new day and miss out on the surprises of God. We don't, we don't ever want to get there. But don't think we can't. Christianity can be as twisted and perverted And self-serving and self-righteous is Judaism. So we need to beware. And the best thing we can do is is to be mindful of where Stephen is. Because in the midst of tremendous tension, in the midst of tremendous opposition, disagreement, hate, Stephen doesn't even see it because he only has eyes for God. My eyes aren't on you. I'm not not even going to focus upon those of you that are really mad at me right now. You know, and I'm not, as they pull him out of the Sanhedrin and they take him outside the city and they start throwing rocks at him, I'm not even going to focus on that death is imminent. He's facing death, but he doesn't even see it. Why? Because he only has eyes for God. And he's in the midst of that. Just just think of that. In the midst of that opposition. In the midst of that hate. In the midst of being stoned to death. I see God in all of his glory. And, And... and there's an, there's an amazing thing that's happening here, because I see God in all of His glory, the heavens have opened up. Oh, there's God, the Father, the Creator of all, on his throne, and Jesus is sitting right beside Him." And then when they take Him out and stone Him, he says, "I see Jesus not sitting." But standing. Because Jesus is saying, Come on home, Stephen. Wow! Wow! Stephen only had eyes for God, he was being embraced in a relationship with the living God and he in turn was embracing that God. So for our community, I mean, how, how, do we, how, do we, how do we live this kind of stuff out? But it really does come down to what do we see? What are we looking at? I mean, Christianity has a history. Christianity has a tradition. The Vineyard Movement has not a very long tradition, doesn't have a very long history, but it's so true as people that we can put our focus upon our history, upon our tradition, and that, that becomes our focal point, and then we become stubborn, and it just goes down the path. When we could keep our eyes upon the Father and the Son who are sitting on their eternal thrones that's that's where our eyes could be you know it's true it's true we live in a day I mean I don't I don't know if there's ever has there ever been a day I mean do should we ever expect that that those that are genuinely following Jesus aren't going to get into some kind of trouble I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a conflict of kingdom. I mean, if we're really following Jesus, we're saying, hey, we want, you, we want you to be our king. We want to be influenced by your power and your dignity. And by the way, since you've established your throne in us and among us, we want to do what you want us to do. Well, <laughs> not everybody does that. And not everybody likes that. So those that have followed Jesus and those that have really understood his kingdom have always gotten in trouble. But notice, Stephen didn't keep his eyes on those that hated him. He didn't keep his eyes on the opposition. He didn't even see it. I mean, he didn't get sucked in. Isn't that amazing? He's in this, this, this room and people are going off and they're cursing him. No telling what they were saying. And he doesn't he didn't even react. Well, what in the world are we doing when we get challenged, when people are critical of what we believe? Where are our eyes? Where's our focus? See, <laughs> the just one has come. The just one has come. We're waiting for the return of the just one. And by by the what, what that means is that Jesus is right. So I, I don't want to keep my eyes on everything that's wrong. I want to keep my eyes on Jesus who is right. And Jesus does what is right. So I want to keep my eyes on Jesus who's doing I, I don't need to keep my eyes on what's done, done wrong. I want to what's what's right. Jesus is right. Jesus does right. And then here's the amazing wow. It's just, that's just, oh, wow. Jesus has committed himself to setting everything right on planet Earth. So, everything that's wrong on planet Earth, we can either keep our eyes on what's wrong or we can keep our eyes on the one who's going to make it right someday. And it could be today. That's the just one. Is that that where our eyes are? Is that what we see? Do we have eyes only for Jesus? That's the question. That's the encouragement. That's where God our Father wants us to put our view. So would you like to stand with me and let's pray together? Just a couple of questions. You know, as you close your eyes, what do you see? Close your eyes, what do you see? You know, what what, what do the eyes of your heart gaze upon? Do you see Jesus? Do you see the just one? Do you see the one that wants to set everything right? Do you see the one that is right, that does right and sets things right? Do you see him? Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you to to remove any blinders that we have, anything that, that blocks our focal point, anything that is over our eyes or over our ears or over our heart that keeps us from seeing Jesus, that keeps us from hearing Jesus, that keeps us from embracing Jesus, being loved by him. We need you, Holy Spirit, to remove those things. Jesus, we we just want to have the same spirit that Stephen had so that when we come against opposition, that our focus doesn't become the opposition. Our focus remains on you. As a community, we choose today to fix our eyes upon you, Jesus. And our prayer is that we would have eyes only for Jesus. That that we would see you, Jesus, in all the circumstances of our life. The things that are good are the things that are out of control. That you're in the midst of life. And we invite you to rule and to reign with your dignity and your power. I want to invite you, if you're, if you're having trouble seeing, I mean, if it just seems that you, know, you have blinders on, you can't just, I just don't see Jesus as clearly as I want, we would love to provide ministry, just that he would remove those blinders. If it's just like there's something over your ear, just I just can't hear, there's just too much noise. And then, you know, we want to pray that Jesus would just silence so you can hear him, that you can see him. So we want to minister to anybody that wants that kind of ministry this morning. Also, we want to pray and send Megan. Uh, so Megan, if you will kind of step out and step to the corner. I always like to remind us when you go to the corner over here, you're not in trouble. <laughs> this, this is for ministry moments. Uh, so we just want to invite people to gather around Megan and send her out uh, with our blessing. And if you would like any kind of ministry for sight or ears, I'm going to be kind of hanging around as well. And I can recruit others and we can pray for you. So thank you for our time. As you leave and as you head out, look for Jesus. He hasn't left the planet in every way. So keep your eyes open and look for him. Thanks for our morning. See you later.